Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today I'm going to take you on a trip around the division in the middle of a thunderstorm that is really freaking out my dogs. Let's start with the least fun one and work our way up this week. The Green Bay Packers fall appears to have been overhyped to this point. Now, I could talk about how Jordan Love's completion percentage is 53.1, and there's no way a team can consistently win with a quarterback playing that poorly. I could talk about how a 7.3 touchdown percentage is Hall of Fame level, and if you actually watch him play quarterback, you know he is not that guy right now. I could talk about how the only player with a success rate above 50% rushing is Aaron Jones, who only played in one game so far this season. I could talk about how they're constantly falling behind the sticks and relying on multiple big plays and penalties to keep their drives going. Their opponents have averaged 91 yards of penalties called against them in their three games. I could talk about how their two victories are against the worst team in the NFL and a miracle comeback against a team that lost their starting quarterback in the second half and couldn't turn the offense back on after going into prevent mode trying to kill the clock as the Lions have done the last couple of weeks, like last week. Um, I could talk about how they're relying on rookies and second-year players for all of their production in the air, which has a tendency to kind of fall off towards the end of the season. But I'm about to spend two days talking about those things in the opponent offense and defense previews, so I'm not going to talk about any of that today. So, let's move on to the Vikings. Your opponent goes forward on fourth down deep in their own territory, and your defense gets a stop. Your quarterback misses a touchdown throw by inches on first down. Your quarterback and running back are not on the same page on second down, and the back steals the fake handoff that was about to go for a huge gain on a screen pass. And then your rookie receiver drops a touchdown in the end zone. But wait... You are the miracle Minnesota Vikings. So an illegal hands to the face occurs at the line. Automatic first down. Then your quarterback throws a murder ball to the tight end. You just paid a market-setting deal. 
You complete a couple five-yard outs to reset the sticks, and then burn more than 10 seconds of clock setting up to run a play, getting everybody organized, rather than just running up, spiking it, and giving yourself 45 seconds to get everybody set with 25 seconds left on the clock and three more downs to score. So on your final play, your last play of the game, your record-setting tight end, biggest contract in the history of the NFL at the position, can't get open, but he does box out, does a really good job on that, and the quarterback throws the ball in the only possible place it could be completed. And then the tight end tips it up like it's a volleyball. And interception, game over. Last year's conspicuously placed horseshoe for the Minnesota Vikings appears to have rusted from all of that moisture. The Vikings are a textbook example of regression to the mean this season. Like Whereas the 2022 Vikings won every single close game they played in, these Vikings have now dropped three of them. And the history of 0-3 teams tells you that that's it. This season is done for that team. They, it's over. There is no coming back from that. I shouldn't say that. 2.4 of the teams that go 0-3 in the Super Bowl era have made the playoffs. The Vikings should have had to drive the entire field to score a touchdown with 141 to go. But they were handed the gift of getting the ball on their opponent's 25-yard line, needing a touchdown. The game ended with the Chargers being saved from their coach's hubris and avoiding the Vikings' fate. They went 1-2 and two as opposed to 0-3. Like their season's also pretty much over, but it's not as over. Uh, let's talk about TJ Hawkinson. He said this. This is a thing that he said, so mocking him with it, I think, is completely fair game later. He said it was going to be nice to win some games when he was traded from Detroit to Minnesota, and since that trade, the Vikings are a 500 team, while the Lions have gone 10-3. and TJ Hawkinson's a good player. A really good player. Like, if it wasn't for Sam Laporta doing what he's doing, TJ Hawkinson would be statistically the best tight end in the NFL this year. But, like, <laughs> it just, he's, he's also a guy who will say things like that and not really understand why that would be a, a dumb thing to say. Uh, never struck me as a guy who has that killer instinct required to consistently win games and be a great player in the NFL. Uh, we all remember how that he got like no yards after contact as a Detroit Lion, just catch the ball, get tackled. That was the TJ Hawkinson play. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Good player has not had the effect that they hoped on their future. And then the Vikings have a turnover problem this year. That's the reason they're 0-3. Um, and it's a really weird one. Uh, like Kirk Cousins has nine touchdown passes and two interceptions in three weeks. Like that is a ludicrously good 51 touchdown to 11 interception pace for the season. But do yourself a favor if you'd like a laugh at the expense of one of our division competitors and just do a quick Google of Vikings fumbles. Like <laughs> all of the articles are, are a delightful 
Uh, like they know what the problem is. They know what it's been. And they spent all of last week doing nothing but focusing on drills to protect the football. Because six of the seven turnovers that they had in the first two weeks were fumbles lost. And that's an NFL record. That has never happened before. No team has ever opened the season with two games where they lost a total of six fumbles. On Sunday, TJ Hawkinson fumbled on the first drive. And so it began. And on their final drive, TJ Hawkinson tipped the ball into the air where it was then intercepted by the San Diego Chargers. Never going to call them the LA Chargers. It's just a thing. That's not winning football, TJ. Just straight up. Everything else you do doesn't matter when you personally are a part of two turnover plays. It's facts. It's pretty clear they messed up getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Not that he's been good either uh, after switching teams and coming in late. Running backs don't do well. That's just a fact. They're, they are always the right guy for the offense they're in, and you never know if they're going to be the right guy for the offense they go to. Like Running backs are crazy specific as veterans for some reason. Not really sure why. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard to translate, but it is. Uh, Cook's averaging 2.3 yards per carry this season. Um, and he has not been great historically in terms of fumbles. Like he's a three to five fumble a year guy because he's always trying to get the extra yardage. But the Vikings have nothing at running back. Like Alexander Madison has been just straight trash and there is nothing behind him that could go in and do a better job. Like they've just, they've, They've got nothing. That position is a wasteland with this team, and that is probably because they are a very analytics-forward team and have put zero resources into that position because you can always find one later. Well, if you get lucky and are the ones who find that one later, that is true. They have not, and it has cost them a season. No running backs. Literally took a playoff team from last year, and now they're 0-3. Is what it is. Like, the 13-win season was a fake. Like, they, they went 13-4 and four and had a negative point differential. Which leads to me wondering how long of a rope this regime is actually going to have in Minnesota, because it looked real nice last year as they were just onward and upward, brought in a new GM, did the little tweaks that need to be tweaked. They have nothing but wins, but this year they look like they're going to have problems. And it's only the second year of this regime, but they basically rode Rick Spielman's team to a 13-win season last year, and this is the first year they're actually making wholesale changes, and the guys that they have drafted are now actually playing football, and it isn't working. Like, it's looking bad. Ziggy Wilf has a painfully high level of loyalty. Like, he's he's a William Clay Ford kind of guy in that regard, where he's just going to, he'll probably ride this into the dirt. And that might be the only thing that saves Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensis' jobs. Uh, if the Vikings can't get their ship righted, yes, I'm proud of that one. This regime could be short-lived. I'm a simple man, amused by simple things.
Now can we please talk about the Chicago Bears? Have I mentioned previously how much I love this current Chicago Bears situation? I think I may have mentioned it a couple times in the last two weeks. You can hear it in my voice. This is the most emotion you're ever going to hear come out of my face. Um, Every player on that offense hates that offense. Like every prognosticator about football, including little old me, has been shocked at how terrible that offense is in 2023. Like they made moves you'd expect them to make. It looked like it should have been better. But all of those moves have failed. Like they traded draft picks for other teams' reclamation projects at receiver. They forced the team who traded for the number one pick to give them a guy who had been a legitimate wide receiver one for that team for a couple years, along with the loads of draft capital that they got. But he's going to ask out if they don't fire their coach at the end of this year. I absolutely guarantee it. They signed linemen. Like the offensive roster is not good. Like they shouldn't be a powerhouse, but it's not this bad either. Like their, their offensive coordinator is never going to get an offensive coordinator job at the NFL level again. This is beyond Jim Bob Cooter level of malpractice. It's, it's disgusting. Like their fresh hell this week was nearly getting shut out by the Kansas City Chiefs, despite the fact that the Chiefs pulled everyone who mattered like they were Alabama facing a Division Three team. And like, I can't stress enough that, that these players don't deserve this. They're not this bad. Like, they're just being victimized by the fact that they're playing in a, a like a bad high school offense. Like the old saying goes, it's not X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, but Right now in Chicago, there is nothing that these players could do to make this not suck. And firing their offensive coordinator isn't an avenue they've left themselves to get help. Their offensive line coach has 24 years of experience in the NFL and has never been anything but an offensive line coach. Like he's, he's never called plays at any level of football. And, like, are they going to promote the quarterback's coach that has their quarterback talking smack about the coaching staff in press conferences to the media to the point where he then has to run out and be like, whoa, 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 guys, I didn't mean to call out the coaching staff when I said that the coaching staff sucks. (laughs) Like, come on, man. You said it. You meant it. And it's it's true. Like, that's that's the one thing about this that actually gives me hope. That Justin Fields might someday turn into, like, he might have a Geno Smith-level renaissance somewhere, uh, is that he recognizes exactly how terrible this coaching staff is. Um, But, I mean, he's shown nothing to warrant the optimism I had about him when I, he was my second quarterback in that draft. And, like, granted, none of the other ones except for the first one off the board have been better or much better consistently better but it doesn't look like he's particularly good um and also that guy his main claim to fame was that he worked with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota who has been exactly the same like like he got coached up in Washington and then came to Minnesota as fully formed Kirk Cousins he never got better he never got worse he is just above average starting NFL quarterback Kirk Cousins. That's that's what he is. Uh he was also the guy who was standing there as the wide receivers coach when Justin Jefferson showed everyone that they screwed up his draft evaluation 
Uh, so how about their passing game coordinator slash wide receivers coach? Also has no play calling experience. Uh, he's been a wide receivers coach for 20 years. No more, no less. That is what he does. Uh, prior to joining the Bears, the running backs coach had the claim to fame of being the Lions running back coach through the Amir Abdullah Theoretic era of Lions backfields. Unlike the rest of these guys, though, he did call plays once for somebody. Carmel High School in Indiana. 2015. Oh, and uh, other Bears news in case you missed it. Uh, their defensive coordinator has had his house raided by the FBI last week. So their coach is now having to call the plays on that side of the ball because that guy quit. So he can't really do anything about this offensive problem because he is now doing the extra job of the defensive coordinator. And he's not an offensive coach anyway. Like Matt Eberflus knows, I'm not going to say he knows nothing about offensive football, but it's basically like if you were trying to get Matt Patricia to fix an offense, New England, uh, that's, that's the equivalent of what you would be asking him to do in this situation. It is not his focus. He is not that guy. Bears are five. Let's bring it here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.